Alright. Hi, it's Gabriel, and welcome to the Catechism Diaries, where we are, where we're all about bringing Catholicism into culture and not the other way around. Now, if you're new to the channel, do consider subscribing, push, turn push notifications on so you don't miss a thing, and be sure to give this video a like, because apparently that helps the algorithm. Now, today we will be talking about motherhood at a relatively young age because, you know, everything's relative now, but that's besides the point. With that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right. Hi, Kayla. Hello. Now, of course, we... For those who don't know, we've had Kayla on just last week. Wow, we already have nine views. I told you, I told you, Kayla. It's the Mormon charm. So, um, we've had Kayla on last, no, not last week, a few weeks ago, to talk about her conversion from um, being a Mormon to becoming Catholic, which, of course, you know, I love a good conversion story. And apparently you guys did too, because it, it's, it almost has a thousand views. <clears throat> so I have that linked in the description below in case you in case you want to watch it later on after this. Don't go away. So it's there if you want it. But for those who don't yet know you, Kayla, could you give what's there to know about you? Yeah, so uh, my name's Kayla Richardson. I am a convert from Mormonism to Catholicism. I currently have a daughter who is almost a year old now, and I have one on the way. Um, I'm married. Both of me and my husband are pharmacy technicians, drug dealers. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, most people know me from Twitter, which is kind of, I don't know. Is that sad? I'm not uh, sure. But most people know me from Twitter. How you look at it. Um, <laughs> And my, my pro-life apologetics on there. Mm, pro-life apologetics, amongst other things, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Twitter with the nature of it. So Maggie says, tell, tell my mother hi for me. Just before this, you were telling me about the whole inside joke. <laughs> um, and yes. Andrew says, hey, Kayla, you have lots of fans, I'm sure. Also, you're... <laughs> Your microphone, your laugh is kind of blowing into it again. <laughs> Whoops. All right, just to sort that one out. So, funny story. When I was thinking of a title for either this week's episode or last week's episode, I think it was, no, the previous, previous episode, I was doing a poll on between something like... Um, ex-Mormon becomes trad wife and something else and I was asking which title would make you click and someone DM'd me saying oh please no one's surprised by an by a Mormon becoming a trad wife and I thought yeah yeah you know that's fair enough fair point so with that I wanted to get into talking about let's start off this conversation of young motherhood by first talking about the culture i guess because in the first place the reason why this is such a title worthy topic i guess is because young motherhood is increasingly rare and i have some leftover 
pictures from my interview with Kiri Gress, which I think are quite suitable. Um, I'm just going to pull up this picture. It's a picture of this little girl, for those of you listening, holding up a sign saying, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a CEO. And I think this goes the same way for being a mother as well. I think it's all very correlated, this attack on femininity as a whole, because you can't have femininity without motherhood. As, as much as people want to tear the correlation apart with, you know, abortion, etc. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. With that said, you know, <clears throat> I do think the culture... I'm sorry if I'm going to go on a bit, but I'll let you have the stage right after this. But in the culture, as I did in my other interview, I'm just going to keep shouting out my other interviews. So you guys, can, if you're new here, I have lots of stuff like this. So do check it out. <laughs> I did a movie review on Cinderella where it talks about how the ideals of femininity, like being a princess, being feminine, being kind and just you know, gentle and princessy, all the archetypes of being a princess, all these things are slowly being discouraged, you know, and along with things like motherhood. Um, girls these days, I think the notion of motherhood is quite a turn-off, uh, the way that it's portrayed, you know. You want to be CEO? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, girl power. You want to be a mother? Like, uh, crickets. So I guess my question for you is, what was your experience? Because I'm not a girl. I'm just speaking from what I see. And I have a little sister and I'm just ex observing the kind of things that she is exposed to. But how was your sort of experience on regarding this growing up in a Mormon household? You grew up, yeah, in a Mormon, in a Mormon household. How was that? How was that like personally for you? You know, I I may not be the best example of like Mormon culture for okay. my household because well, that's why I said personally. Mother, so. <laughs> yeah, my mother, um, she's an HR director, hmm. and she's been that since I was little. I grew up um, really close to my aunt, who has two PhDs and teaches at university. Um, I also grew up with a grandmother who told me all the time how smart I was, because um, I've always loved math too. And so she's like, you can do whatever you want with this. Yeah, I love math. Oh. Uh, but you can you can go do this. And my, my grandma was a teacher. And since I've been young, I've wanted to be a mom and I've wanted to be a teacher, both which hmm. I think are kind of traditionally more yeah, yeah. female roles. And my family hated that. Oh, man. Like my grandma. Hey, it sounds like you grew up uh, amongst yeah. a lot of career, um, typical, this uh, quintessential career women, I would say. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um, and like I was always told you get married later, you finish hmm. college first, you have you have your degree, you have your career, and that's when you get married. Um, whereas I think my dad was kind of different. My dad treated me like I was his girl, right? Like I had, mm -hmm. I had three brothers, but I was treated very much by my dad that I was his little princess and that I Aww. was the sweet and kind one. Aww. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, 
So mm -hmm. I kind of had those two conflicting things when I was growing up where I was kind of being told to, um, that I could do a lot of things because of the way that I was. And it wasn't necessarily that it was um, a bad thing that you were a girl and you wanted to be a mom, but it wasn't seen as preferred in my family. You still, they still wanted grandchildren, but not until after I had my good degree and my, you know, my good job. Why do you think that is so? Because this is something I don't necessarily get. I know plenty of my friends and sort of my circle, because my circle is admittedly very conservative leaning. And most girls do accept this <clears throat> idea of, you know, traditional gender roles, etc. But many of them still pursue the route voluntarily might i add of going to college and you know getting a career and it seems a bit i'm not sure i don't want to like label because i can't you know relate but why do you think this is so because to me from my point of view it looks a bit counterproductive yeah i i think a lot of them have been kind of um or have kind of grown up with the idea that like a man is not a plan, right? <laughs> so if something is happens, saying? is that a saying? Oh that yes. you, <laughs> really, a man is not a plan. I was told that a lot growing up. Like even in my um, Mormons have like these young women classes that oh, they go okay. to. So the men have priesthood, women have young women or relief society, and mm. even my leaders there would tell me you need to be independent and bring your own things to the table. Um, and I think that's what a lot of them have grown up with. Cause I mean, there is a good argument to be said yeah, that, yeah. I mean, if your husband dies or something hmm. terrible happens that you can't just rely on him. Um, but at the same time, I think, well, I mean, what's more important, right? Are we putting off motherhood to be a career woman? Or are we looking into a career while our main goal is motherhood? Mm. Um, I think I think it's I funny um, because one of the we we hear this in church so much, right? It's such a biblical idea that the when we think of the less fortunate, the disadvantaged. I know now it's all about oh, the disadvantaged are the gays, the the colored, the you know. In the past, it was the idea of the sort of less fortunate was always one of the main groups were always widows. And I think it's interesting that correlation that now we don't think about that anymore because in the past, the re the whole reason why widows were known to be, you know, it considered as the less fortunate, um, vulnerable group is because, well, they grew up and reliant on their husbands. So I do think that's a one of the litmus tests, is that the right word? One of those things that really show how culture has changed now. Wow. Um, was there something you wanted to add? No. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, just my thoughts is, you know, isn't it sad, but isn't this, what went, well, in my interview with Carrie, we, Carrie Gress, the author of the anti-Mary Exposed, I don't have, the, I actually do have the book. 
the anti-murray exposed this book really great book it explains all about you know what exactly happened with you know feminism and how things just <laughs> tumbled down with this idea of women wanting to become equal to men and i think that's a topic that people could definitely dive into people that are much more qualified than us perhaps but I'm sure I'm sure what we can comment on is like it is isn't it so sad that because isn't that the ultimate goal like okay just going to pull up this comment at my school I get weird looks for not wanting to really focus on a career and putting more priority to motherhood and I think this is so true in schools society if you if you this is probably going to be so frowned upon. You know, teachers are probably going to come after you for not taking your studies seriously. And I think that's such a... Isn't that such a sad thing? So, fun fact, Kayla. Here in Singapore, um, it's pretty rare, I would say. I'm sure it's rare everywhere, but I guess here in Singapore, I've never met a girl who has blatantly said that they want to be a mother because one being having kids in singapore is so expensive and it's not exactly it's not exactly the easiest thing and i would i kind of understand but i think you know it's obviously sad and every girl here their default plan is okay go to college um yeah go to school do well and go to college and pursue a career. I, you know, the archetype of, you know, a trad wife as the Americans like to talk about, it's, you don't find that here at all. And if you do, it's probably very, very frowned upon. I think it might, in fact, be impossible to to be a trad wife unless your husband is extremely exorbitantly rich. And I just think just goes to show how society makes it pretty impossible for women to just be women you know the whole doubling of the workforce so um with that i've rambled on long enough let's get to something you can actually can actually pass the stage to you on so maturity so you're you you got married at how old did you get married 19 so 19 and which as i said relatively young age something i like to think about is how our blessed mother mary was 14 <laughs> uh so the so history says 14 when she you know was married and gave birth to jesus and I think girls in the past have gotten married at, you know, it's pretty normal for girls to get married at a young age. So I guess my question is then, did you think this was an issue when you got married? Was this something, did you, okay, first of all, did you expect to get married this early, that early? I definitely didn't. I oh, was... Yeah thinking I'd be married at the earliest in my late 20s why when I was growing up. Why is that so? Like, what was the main factor? Out of choice or... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really respected my 
relatives, especially my aunt. And, you know, when people, you grow up with people telling you that you should have your career first, I was like, oh, yeah, I should have my career first. And I think that kind of all changed when I converted to Catholicism. My perspective changed a lot. Um, mm. But, yeah, I definitely did not expect to be married as a teenager. <laughs> all right. So tell, tell us more about that part, how your perspective changed when it came to Catholicism. I think that's the part that people really want to know, one of the parts, at least besides the yeah. later details. But, <laughs> yes, Catholicism. Yeah, so when I converted to Catholicism, it became very apparent that, um, at least traditionally, mm. gender roles were looked at different, and marriage is looked at as a vocation rather than yeah. just something you do because you love someone. Um, and so, I don't know. I think I became because when you, I was growing up as a Mormon. There's a lot of Mormons who believe that you chose your spouse in the pre-existence. And oh. so soulmates, yeah, soulmates is kind of a big thing in oh. that culture. No and way. I think, yeah. Okay. Coming now, into, we're, now it's getting juicy, Kayla. <laughs> now uh, it's getting yeah. juicy. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, sorry. I just, I have to know now. So soulmates so this i i'm guessing teenage mormon girls growing up how do you think that affects their view on relationships and dating um i think a lot of it so i i have a lot of respect for mormons with mm -hmm. how much they rely on prayer for answers yeah yeah um but a lot of it has to do with, I mean, you're very prayerful about it, right? So if you feel like you get the answer, no, um, like this isn't the person I want you to marry, of course, like a Mormon's going to say, no, my person's somewhere else out there. Not all of them believe in this. I just well, know yeah, a lot of yeah. people who do. Um, but yeah, and I, so I don't know if you know anything about patriarchal blessings. No, but tell me more about that. Okay. So Mormons... Um, can receive this thing which is called a patriarchal blessing which is essentially a blessing from god specifically for your life that mm -hmm. they have written down um and so i had a friend who i had a boyfriend who received his <laughs> patriarchal blessing okay. and when we were still teenagers he told me not that my name was in there but when it talks he has a little paragraph about his spouse he was like, this is you. And wait, wait. A patriarchal blessing is like a document with a story on it. Who writes um, this? Not yeah, not necessarily okay. a story. So it's actually given orally. Um, okay. Somebody, a patriarch, which is mm -hmm. another specific calling in their church, places their hands on your head um, and receives this revelation from God that typically their wife writes down and you keep. Um, so mine, none of it is really like, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. It's more of like, you're, be careful when you're looking for your spouse, ask these certain things. You know, um, mine talked a lot about how I needed to do family history work. Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Most of it is very vague. I kind of relate it. This, this isn't the best relation ever. 
Uh-huh. Don't get mad at me, Mormons. But it's kind of like horoscopes. That's what I, feel I was like. thinking. This sounds so horoscope-like. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nothing very specific, but it is like kind of a blueprint for your life, like your own personal scripture from God. Wow. Okay. And so, how did that sort of affect your, you know, views on your thinking on your future and how? you know, how you were, when you expected to get married, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, my patriarchal blessing didn't necessarily affect it. Wait, um, you had but- a patriarchal blessing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. I still have it in my closet somewhere. Oh, I like to bring it out sometimes. <laughs> it's entertaining. For me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. But I mean, this this boyfriend of mine, I always thought it was kind of weird because I was like, God didn't tell you you were going to marry me. Like, I didn't necessarily (laughs) want to marry this person. I wasn't interested in marriage when I was that old. (laughs) Poor guy. I know. Pray for him. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I think I think that had a lot to do with actually turning me off towards being married so young hmm. is that this culture was overemphasizing marriage, but it was in a way that I felt like was creepy. Hmm. Like God <laughs> told you as well. Yeah. God told you, you had to marry me. And like in the preexistence you chose me, I, I don't think so. Oh. And I mean, when I, when I got into Catholicism, it was more okay, yeah, the mindset. Okay, yeah, contrast this to Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, it, it was more the mindset of marriage is something that we um, might be called to, right? And I felt yeah, called yeah. to that. Yeah, and I mean, this was before I was baptized. Um, but it was more of the understanding that you find somebody that you love and that you know that you can work with rather than, God told me that you have to marry me. Like it wasn't that way. Cause I, I didn't believe in soulmates anymore at that mm. point. I believed that there was, um, that obviously God has a plan for our lives, but we also have the agency to choose. Mm. And so while that's a big decision, it's not in the same way that I'm like just finding somebody that I love and that I want to spend eternity with. It's I'm finding somebody that I'm going to raise a family with in Catholicism. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I want my kids to be in the Catholic church and I want this vocation. God's calling me to this vocation rather than like, I have to marry sounds this specific like, person. Sounds a lot like a difference between predetermination and free will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just even the role seems different to me. Um, it's not just because I fell in love with this person. No, it's because I'm called to raise a family and bring children up um, in the church with this mm. person. Okay, I think this opens up a lot of uh, room for some of the questions because now I'm remembering some questions we had. So I think the first one would be this. <clears throat> oh, it's a bit small. Let me make it a bit bigger and I'll read it out for, for you. So two different questions about the same thing. Um. Do Catholics view the roles of women in marriage differently from Protestants? Or I guess we could, in your context, say Mormons. And Jillian asked, um, how does the Mormon church compare to Catholicism in the way that women are treated? 
Yeah, I think um, regarding the second question, okay. I don't know if there's a huge difference. Um, mm. I think that both of them, as of right now, um, mm. both recognize that our roles as men and women are different mm. and that they're God-given and that interchanging those roles um, would be kind of to go against the way that God programmed us as people. Um, so I think that Mormonism, Mormon women and Catholic women are kind of treated the very same. Um, in some respects, I think that it's, it's kind of hard to say because all men in in Mormonism are called to the priesthood, right? Mm, all of yeah. them are supposed to have it. Whereas in Catholicism, it's only a specific set of people who are called to yeah, yeah. the priesthood. And we also have you know, a specific set of people who are called to religious life, which women are included in. Um, and so I think that there's a lot more roles in Catholicism for women. Um, whereas yeah, yeah. in Mormonism, there's, there's a definitely a smaller box of roles for them. Yeah. Because the, in Catholicism, I guess one of the, one of those major, major things about Catholicism is that they really embrace the feminine and masculine roles in the sense of, you know, the f father, you know, the priests are called father. And, you know, literally their role is to sort of be a father and, you know, like mother, Mother Teresa, Mother Angelica, like their roles are so, you know, it's so perfectly mapped out and and sort of, you know, the natural roles are just so clearly defined. And so in Mormonism, is are you saying that it's different or? I'm saying I, I think that some women would take up more issue, like some feminist women yeah. or even just women in general might take up more issue with the way that Mormon women are treated just because, I mean they are definitely 100% expected to be a mother and to have children. There's mm. not really an option for them. And so oh. if they don't end up being able to get married, I've seen that be really, really hard. And I mean, that happens in Catholicism too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no, there's nobody with a call to celibacy in Mormonism. Oh, um, okay. Not, so not you... really in the same sense. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So you can't be called to singleness. It's you know no such thing, huh? Interesting. Not yeah, not really. <clears throat> okay. Um. Now here's another one that's sort of related to this. Um, <clears throat> tips for girls entering close. Uh, uh, I guess. Uh, tips for girls in their entering their twenties who have never dated, but uh, I forgot to add the next part. But but want to. Uh, get married early and be a mom young essentially is the question the gist of the question yeah i would say don't be afraid to i mean put yourself out there i think a lot of people kind of just expect that eventually a guy will come to them <laughs> yeah. and it it honestly it doesn't work that way okay, <laughs> a lot well, of the time how was it how was it for you we can start to slowly creep into this part of the podcast how was it for you yeah so i i worked with my husband oh um, okay 
Yeah, and I, to be honest, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been two years, so mm-hmm. I'm a little fuzzy, but I'm pretty sure that I put my number into his phone. No. And I was like, text me. We'll wow. talk. Wow. Kayla, wow, yeah. making the moves. <laughs> well, I, I think this is a, this is the greatest well, I don't think this was necessarily what she was asking for, but for those of you watching, that's what you gotta do. Um, there was a question. There was another question. Sorry. How did you get a husband? How did you, she meet her husband? How did? How do you get a husband? Well, how do you get a husband? Put your number in his phone. But going back to the tips part, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, how was your experience? growing up and dating do you believe in the whole idea of well you have to date first and you know to figure out what you want what do you think of that yeah I got told that a lot there was actually like a cereal analogy that you have to try like all these different types of cereal before (laughs) you know what you really like um and I I personally don't think that's true right so I think that you should come to the Mm. table with an understanding of these are things that I want in a person. These are deal breakers. These Mm. are things that I could let go of, right? So you should come to the table with some expectations. Don't just go date the first guy you see and get married. That's a terrible (laughs) idea. Um, But also, I don't, yeah, I don't think that you have to date a whole bunch of people to understand what you want because I think, Growing up, you've probably had friends, you've probably seen your father, seen your uncles, um, and you should know already what are deal breakers and what are not. So if you're coming to the table like, I have to just date all of these different guys to find out what I like, I don't think that's true. I think that you find the person that has the things that you, these are needs, you Mm -hmm. know, that has some of your wants and that doesn't have any of your deal breakers. And that's the person you go with. It's not, I have to try like 72 guys to really, <laughs> like if you come to one guy, you know, honestly, you're going to tell pretty quickly how well you get along with them. And I think the culture that says that you have to try 72 different people is part of the culture that's unhappy with everybody that they meet. So um, I think that's yeah. just, so prevalent that we want to find perfection in someone and we're never going to find it and we're not perfect ourselves. And so why are we expecting somebody else to have 72 of our wants because I found them in these guys, but this wasn't quite good enough, you know, because he wasn't like an inch taller than I wanted him to be. <laughs> I think that we're a little too picky with all of the options that we have. I do feel when like a should- lot of girls who are into this, you know, wanting to get married early thing come up with this whole laundry list of these very strange requirements that they want in a guy. And what is with that? I mean, honestly, Kayla, have you ever fallen into that trap? Have you ever done that? Have you ever come up with a list of wanting your guy to, you know, look like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Um, so actually when I was in young women's, we made a list of all of the things we wanted in a guy and we put it in a like jar that we sealed. I actually like, I need to go unseal it and see what I said, but I'm pretty sure that I was like, he has to be handsome. He has to work out. He has to be this tall. You know, he has 
to like have gone on a mission. He needs this. He needs this. And there's actually an interesting study I think that was done. He needs to have gone on the mission. What a what a teenage Mormon girl uh, <laughs> trait to you. <laughs> what a teenage Mormon girl sort of uh, requirement to have. You must have gone on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a study that was done in 2001 where they did. They had like a table of jams that they had people sample, and then they had some like fill out a survey about how satisfactory it was hmm. and there was one tray that had like six jams and there was another that i think had 24 uh -huh. and all of the people who went to this table with 24 hmm. bought less so they weren't buying the jam and then they also reported that they were like that the uh, it was less satisfactory like the people who were running the stand mm -hmm weren't as nice or they didn't think that jams tasted as good hmm. and i think that has a lot to do with it in our culture that we're so overstimulated by so much media and so many of like these celebrity relationships and all of these things that hmm. we want to try out the 24 jams when in reality you can just try the six and you get the gist there's not really that many flavors you know and there's going to be differences between each one of them but you're actually more satisfied when you have less options, which I think is what makes our culture so hard sometimes. Huh, great, great. No, that's so true because now in our social media age, it's such a boomer thing to say now in our age of social media. But, you know, it is so true that in the past, you just... I'm a boomer. Uh, it's a... <laughs> typical uh stereotype story is that oh you just married the girl next door but now you know it feels like you're you're given this false impression that there's just you know the the world is your oyster and you just have so many options and well so how did you decide to well, no, let's just get into the real juice that people really want to know. And I want to know as well, of course, because this is interesting. Because your husband, as you shared with me, is also an ex-Mormon. Like, what? How does that happen? Like, uh, like I've heard from you that apparently ex-Mormons are already very rare, so... And this is some guy you worked with, uh, so you've got to tell the story. So where's that question? I'll just pull it up real quick. Yeah, what is the story? Oh, his honestly, if he was willing to go on more podcasts, his story is a lot more wild than mine. He went on his mission to England. Wow. Um, ran into some evangelical pastors that started mm. talking to him about the Trinity and oh. that Jesus was God. Mm. And he fell in love with that idea. Um, actually <clears throat> starved himself because you get like a little stipend of money as a missionary. He just bought bread and was just eating plain bread. And so that he could buy a cell phone to start looking into the church because you're not allowed oh, to read yeah, certain yeah. media mm. yeah he bought himself a cell phone started looking into the lds church and researching christianity on his like, mission oh, this isn't true <laughs> yes very appropriate <laughs> uh-huh 
Um, and so he actually stayed on his mission a while because he's like, well, I like I don't want to upset my family. I don't necessarily want to come home. And the more he talked no. with these pastors, he was like, well, I actually can't do that. And so he ended up telling his mission president, like, I don't believe this anymore. I'm going to go become a Christian. And his his mission president was mad, oh, like man. beyond mad. Um. So he ended up having to stay there for two weeks. I don't know if you know who Korahor is. He's basically an antichrist in the Book of Mormon. My husband was getting called Korahor by all of these missionaries. And Ouch. yeah, <laughs> yeah, he eventually like finally gets on a plane ride home. Mm -hmm. And just he's been this skater kid his entire life. <laughs> um, doesn't really care about religion or academics or anything. He comes home from his mission and he's like, where's the church fathers? I need to read the Bible all the way through, picking up this biblical commentary tomorrow. And so for two years, he's, um, he's just getting his hands on absolutely everything that he can about Christianity and the early church. Um, and so he was a Protestant actually for a while, um, just a non-denominational, yeah, um, coming from these evangelicals, hmm. starts reading all of this literature and decides to become a Catholic. Um, his story just is casually, crazy. Like, just casually decides to become a Catholic. I'm pretty sure there's... Well, man, I would love to speak to your husband one day if he was willing because that sounds like... <laughs> that's, yeah, he, that's a wild ride. His story is wild okay okay just just wow. crazy well i have to but i hopefully can has he ever done any podcast before um so actually i think the two evangelical pastors i'm trying to think of the name of their mm -hmm. podcast they're out of england mm -hmm. um he went on and talked to them for a little while a couple weeks ago oh, i'll send you the name as a of it. as a catholic Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't interesting. know if they know he's a Catholic. Oh. <laughs> they might. Oh. I think maybe well, they either do. Either way, either way. I think it's a well, it's a very nice part of his story that, you know. Oh, interesting. So he was a Okay, so explain how because of course the timelines, you know, he became a Catholic, you became a Catholic, you both became Catholic on your own, right? Like, usually, sometimes no. it's the, oh, yeah? Yeah, this is actually something I don't necessarily just, like, give out, and I'll tell you the reason why after. Mm. But um, I was already an ex-Mormon, mm -hmm. had already decided that the church wasn't true at this mm -hmm. point. Um he is the co-worker who gave me that book, The Case for Jesus. Oh, and I, I started my totally, own thing. I was totally yeah. suspecting that when he shared that with me last week. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Probably him. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, the, the fresh... it always happens like that. I swear. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, that's great, right? Like, mm. glory to God for, yeah. um, him being there in my life at that point. Yeah. And I mean, we weren't dating at that point. Mm. Um, but the frustrating thing about it is that that's a lot of the time, like used against me to say you became a Catholic for Caleb, you know, 
Um, which I can't see, I can't see how that. Just, nobody would say that unless yeah. you know, they, it's just an excuse. Come on. Yeah, which if if you don't know like my story and all of the things that I've put into like coming to Catholicism. I mean, it would make sense on the surface, right? Girl Mm -hmm. meets guy that's Catholic girl becomes Catholic. They get married, you know? Um, So I get on the surface. It's a lot like that, which is why I don't necessarily just say, Hey, yeah, Yeah, yeah. I met my husband (laughs) who converted me to Catholicism. Um, When in reality, it was a lot of the things that I was reading and, you know, all of the, my personal studies that I was doing, but we were dating, I think two months hmm. after he gave me that book. Yeah. Trust me. I know that. So. Let's just say, I know firsthand that it's not that easy for you. you. People don't just convert because they, you know, like someone. I mean, anyone who takes their faith seriously, which I'm sure you do, Kayla, um, anyone who takes their faith seriously. Well, even if, even if they didn't, it's just, it's converting, especially to Catholicism in particular, especially to Catholicism, I would say. It's not something that you can just do out of, out of, uh, like, on a whim. So, it's a very silly accusation in my biased opinion, but yet, it's totally facts. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so now at least off the timeline, um, he became Catholic, you were well on your route to becoming Catholic, and then, wow, wow, <laughs> no, this is so great, wow. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I mean, there's, there's, uh, probably maybe mm-hmm. like a dozen people that I know who are Mormon converts to Christianity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, finding two that are married is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, I didn't want to ask about the story. I mean, we've had plenty of you and I have had plenty of chances to talk about this, but on purpose, I just didn't want to ask you because I had this feeling at the back of my head that it's going to be something miraculous because, you know, God is God is good. God is amazing. It's always a story like that. I can't say I'm surprised, but I am <laughs> more very satisfied that my prediction was somewhat accurate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, so that answers that. Um, <clears throat> about doubts. <clears throat> of course, this is uh, gonna be a worry for many young women that, you know, getting married young. I guess they assume again back to the maturity question. You know, the, I guess women, young girls would think that oh, I'm still so young. I haven't seen the world, and um, what if I make the wrong decision? First of all, what is your response to that? You know, the I, whole idea that oh, like you know, you haven't seen enough. Well, actually, you already answered that, so let's skip that. But you know, w- what what are what are your thoughts on this? What advice would you have for a young girl who is concerned about this? You know, regret. I think nobody wants to regret such an important decision, especially in Catholicism, where marriage is, you know, divorce is not a thing. You know, marriage is a it's a covenant, covenant, covenant. It's so important. Like everything about it is so important that in Catholicism, if you 
your wedding it can't be held outside the church something like uh, in the mormon church i guess so i guess they have that in common but you cannot have your wedding <coughs> outside the church because it's it's a sacrament it's a sacrament and it's that important so yeah that's it so important so of course girls are i would i would understand i would be worried as well so what would you what are your thoughts on that how were you sure about i know there was the whole oh ex-mormon romance and all of that but how are you sure how were you uh, totally sure because you know i'm you seem like a pretty rational person who doesn't act totally on emotions so <laughs> tell, tell us about that yeah um so I think maturity obviously looks a lot different in the culture we're in right now. I mean, mm, yeah. I work with an 18-year-old boy and I'm like, "You sir, you, <laughs> I don't I don't know." Do you think that 18-year-old um, boy is ready to get married any anytime soon? No. <laughs> and no. That's the thing, man. This, this was something yeah. I actually wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about culture. I think that one of the objections towards getting married young is often like, oh, like kids nowadays are not mature enough. And I don't think that's the fault of the kids necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily because 18-year-olds are not mature enough to get married. I think it's the society that makes them not mature enough because now kids we've created the perfect petri dish for breeding just people who are so immature and not ready for a real life you know especially with this pandemic kids have the perfect excuse to stay at home and just stay home not get a job play video games and stay home because you know pandemic can't do anything can't get a job and yeah, I do think it's the fault of the culture, really, and it's, gosh, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that a lot of people are raised to not know how to be independent, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's not necessarily independent, um, mm. that they don't do their own thing but they don't know how to take care of themselves yeah, exactly and so you're bringing another person into this already kind of unstable place where you don't know how to take care of yourself they don't know how to take care of themselves of course you don't want children brought into a place where people can't already not take care of themselves because they're not going to take care of their kids right yeah. so i do think there is an argument to be made that um you do have to be in a place where you can yeah, get married, yeah. which I think I think a lot of women, at least that I've, I've met in Catholicism, mm. are in that place, at least the traditional ones. Um, but there are a lot of people who put off marriage um, for X, Y, Z reason that aren't good reasons, right? Like, I want to see the world is not a good reason to yeah. put off your calling to be a mother. Um, but definitely people who aren't mature shouldn't be there, but that should be the goal. Yeah. And I don't think that's the goal for people is changing that. The goal is 
I have fun in my 20s. And when I'm in my 30s, I'll yeah. be ready to settle down. Um, and I think that's a lie that the culture perpetuates that you're going to have more fun in your 20s if you don't have children. Um, I personally, so when I yeah. was coming into, do I want to get married? Mm. Um, it was, it was more of, is this a person that I can raise a family with? <clears throat> and am I in a place where I am a person that I would want to raise a family with? Mm. Um, and I, I think that's something that you definitely need to look for in yourself is that I, am I a person that if I were not to get married, right? If, even if I'm looking for marriage, if I were not to get married right now, am I actually stable by myself? Mm, that's so important. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of people aren't right. They, a lot of people in our culture, I've dealt with it, have a lot of mental health issues yeah. or, um, they haven't actually like looked into what they want in another person. Um, or they haven't actually thought past the wedding. You know, I think a yeah. lot of people don't think past, I'm going to have this type mm. of flowers and I'm going to have, you know, um, this kind of food at my mm. wedding and I'm going to wear this <laughs> kind of dress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people like to think about that, but they don't really think about, okay, what are our finances going to have to look mm. like? Am I going to have to put my child in a daycare right now? Mm. Um, am I going to, you know, am I actually going to get along with this person? Is this person here solely to support my emotional needs? Or is this person here because we work well together, we have this chemistry together, and we're our goals are the same in life? Mm. So let's, yeah. let's talk about readiness. Uh, those were all such great points. Like you have a whole checklist. You should come out with like a checklist of things for like on your Twitter. Just make a tweet like checklist of things for that girls have to think about beyond the wedding. That would be so great. But let's talk about readiness. So here's, um, here's a judgment-free zone for you, Kayla, to... Um, where no one's allowed to judge you and think and say that you're being egoistic, egotistical, or narcissistic. What makes you, what makes you so special that at 19, unlike all these other girls who are so immature, what makes you so special that you felt that you were ready to, you know, get married? You know, that's a great question because I think if you asked me that at 18, mm. that I would say there's no way. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with I, when I started, you know, deconverting from Mormonism, mm. I was on the route that it was like, it doesn't matter what I do. I can do anything I want. And I didn't really have any goals in life. Um, but I, I was still self-aware about what I was doing. Right. I was still self-aware that that wasn't what I should be doing, mm -hmm. um, that there are smarter things. So like, for example, when I was 16, I actually made my mom, I, I think I might have been 15. I made my mom take out part of her credit card in my name, not because I wanted to like buy things off of it, mm -hmm. but so I could build credit. Oh, that wasn't actually going towards debt to me. Mm. 
so that when I get older, I can buy a house, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I think I, I had like a very good credit score once I graduated high school hmm. just because I was smart enough to take that step. And so I think that I've always been like a very self-aware, rational person towards the point where hmm. I'm not really... And this might sound weird to other girls, <laughs> but I, no, I, I wasn't I said, really no like, zone. <laughs> I, I think that having a Pinterest board for your wedding is a cute thing and that's great. And I'm glad you have all those dreams. Um, I'm not that girl. Huh. I, I don't have a Pinterest board. I have like these ideas in my head of how am I going to raise my children differently than my parents raised me hmm. to make sure that they don't go through the same life experiences that yeah. I had to go through to learn yeah. certain things. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is pushing yourself past. I want this perfect guy, which wasn't my expectation. Hmm. My husband's not a perfect person and I'm not a perfect person. Hmm. Um, but you know, I love him and I want this family with him. And that's what, makes him so great is that we're so compatible in that way mm. um but yeah i definitely think it's kind of moving past the emotion of this is the person i want to spend my life with to this is the person i want to raise a family with i think we definitely need to look at that second portion more than we need to look at the first uh, the emotion and the romance is a great thing don't get me wrong that's amazing and you want chemistry in your relationship but if you're not thinking past that point to how am I going to raise my kids? What do I want my kids to mm. have in their life? How do I want them to be raised? Sort of the what direction, does... the direction yeah. that you want to head in your husband and you have to be sort of united in your sort of mission. I guess that's, we, yeah. there's a whole nother topic of, you know, what submission means, you know, under the mission, I guess there's, a yeah. lot of distorted ideas of what submission means i guess yeah, yeah. and i i think you have to look at like what is it going to look like for my kid when they're two years old what mm. is it going to look like when they're 10 years old what is their life going to look like when they're 15 a lot of long-term thinking mm -hmm. mm. and i always i think that i uh even from a young age so i met my husband when i was almost almost 19 mm. um I think I had that perspective in mind already mm. and it wasn't so emotion based for me, even though there was emotion there, obviously, and there was romance there. Yeah. That wasn't everything I was basing my marriage off of. No, that's great. So we've talked about, you know, the whole being ready for marriage, but about your husband being the one, perhaps that's another thing. How, how would you say that, I know we talked about how Mormons have the whole soulmate thing. So how would you, how would you say, well, I think the questions put it better. Did you have any second thoughts? Well, I'm not going to tell your husband, but. <laughs> no, I, I personally didn't. I actually, mm. before we got married the night before, my aunt decided to send this like massive text message to my husband saying you know she is too young to be married oh. like she had she wanted her degree first she wanted so like kind of projecting these things that they'd always been projecting mm, on yeah. me um and i saw in the oh. comments by the way that somebody said nobody is stable by themselves and i agree like we 
we need to have community. But also, if you can't sit in a room by yourself for 30 minutes, you know, you mm -hmm. might have a problem. If you can't sit in silence with God by yourself for a minute, there's an issue. Or if you can't take care of yourself yeah, at all, yeah. there's a difference between like being stable and being overly reliant, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah. yeah. The whole idea of how a relationship is not going to you know if you're a messed up person by yourself a relationship is not gonna fill that hole because what fills that hole well we all know that it's yeah. christ you know <laughs> so you were saying so right. yeah uh yeah so your aunt sending your husband a very long text message dramatic yeah, yeah and i i think i like so i personally don't I, I haven't had second thoughts about that. And I wasn't like, am I, am I doing the wrong thing by spending the rest of my life with this person? And the answer is no, because I, I was very thoughtful about it. You know, I took time by myself, like thinking mm. about the pros and the cons of all of this. And I think you have to honestly do that. Like, I, I think that it's smart to, before you even date someone not mm. like before the first date right but before yeah. you become serious with someone is this a person i want to spend the rest of my life with understanding that there's no divorce like this yeah. is not an option mm. that i have to get out of this mm. um i think is a big thing and i wish that culture hadn't changed that yeah. because i think that's why marriage is looked at something this we can kind of just toss away yeah. instead of something that like you're not getting out mm. <laughs> there's no yeah oh you know don't i don't like how yeah. dangerous the idea of a divorce being a thing how that changes the entire meaning of marriage that means that now marriage so if marriage is something that you can just end then what is marriage anyway and oh my goodness yeah, and I think that it just leads to a lack of um, importance on it, right? Because at that point, marriage is just a piece of paper that if you send in some more pieces of paper and go into court one day, mm, like, yeah, yeah. you're free from it. By the way, um, do you Mormons allow divorce? Yes. Oh. Like... It's looked it down upon, mm -hmm. but they do. I think their divorce rate is 10% less than the average. Mm. So I mean better. Okay, fair um, enough. It, mm. But yeah, they still allow it. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's great. Not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. This is, so I, here's another thing. I know we talk a lot about how society discourages women from getting married young, etc. But do you think, on the other hand, some women are being rushed into it? Like, um, I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't think that I've noticed that in my own experience. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know that women themselves. I might say that people... Yeah, together think... rushing into things yeah. like hmm. but i don't i don't think it's at the same i think i maybe know one person that i would say mm, hmm. perhaps maybe yeah, that well, was i quick. think there well i do think that <clears throat> within the sort of conservative movement there might 
it be no, not casting judgments, but there seems to be a bit of this urgency and like you know you have to get married and i think i've seen firsthand girls how girls behave when they, they get a bit desperate to get married and they're a bit of you know they're rushing into things and they're being a bit irrational well don't ask how i know this but <laughs> anyway um so uh, it sounds like a lot of what you've just said is that you really can't rush into it because this is such an important decision and i think just to summarize what you've just said is that as long as you're really thinking about it carefully and you put a lot of prayer into it as well, of course, and make sure that God is a big part of the process, you know, what's there to worry about, right? If you're entrusting the entire thing to God and you're not acting on based off your emotions, you know, would you say that a lot of people overthink it? Uh, definitely. I, I think so. You know, I, I think a good way maybe to look at it is that the modern, the modern arguments for not getting married earlier, mm -hmm. like are poor, but that doesn't mean that you should rush into it. Right. So we should have a balance of what we're thinking. Um, sorry, what was your question? I just totally blanked. <laughs> oh, no. Um, My brain's on a thousand If things. people... Now I forgot. I was just, like, planning <laughs> what's the next topic. Um, well, yeah. either way, I think... I think we've pretty much covered that topic, honestly. I kind of blanked out as well. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> if you guys in the comments were very excited for the answer to that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um... So now let's get into the, uh, now we've talked about the whole, oh, marriage and getting into it. Now let's talk about the actual getting down and dirty and getting down to the actual stuff that there is to the realities of marriage, so to say. So people are asking, you know, I think the main thing is balancing mom life and work life. Uh, so, uh, how is it like being a young mom? How do you balance finances and housekeeping? Uh, yeah, how do you balance it all? Yeah, so in an ideal world, um, and I, I think this takes a lot of sacrifice, Yeah. but in an ideal world, a mom is not working, right? She mm. is there for her kids, you know, doing the housekeeping, doing other things, and of course her husband can help her in that. Um, but I think the best thing for a mother is to be home with her children. I personally am not able to do that. Um, so I have a lot of empathy for people who, mothers who have to work. So I do have, mm. I am working to get my degree in teaching, albeit slowly. Um, and I do have to work. And I think the biggest part about it is that I, you know, I don't want to send my kids to a daycare ever. Mm. So my daughter actually is either with my husband, we try to work opposite shifts, mm. or my husband is with my mother-in-law, which I think is another thing that we kind of should move away from, from your the husband, rad trad movement. Your husband is it with your mother-in-law? Oh, no, she's with my husband or she's with my mother-in-law. Oh, okay. Sorry, because you yeah. said your husband is with your mother-in-law. Oh, sorry. Wait, what? 
<laughs> yeah, my, my daughter is either with one of those mm, two okay. people. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think, I think a lot of it is like making the sacrifice so that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. But another thing we need to move away from, from like the rad trad movement is that there's obviously some cases mm. where the mother in our society is going to have to work, yeah, yeah. especially if we're asking them to get married young. Um, yeah. And exactly. asking them to have families young, it's which I think is a good fault, thing. You know, it's it's a typical leftist move, but society's fault, literally. Gosh. Yeah, and, and I, I, so I try mm. to be a very balanced person. Yeah. So I think that sometimes people don't want to make the sacrifices to be yeah. at home, right? And then I think that sometimes there are just cases, and I mean it's a case by case basis, but. Um. Yeah, I think we should move away from the idea that of the nuclear family, not that families like you don't want to have a mom and a dad and your kids, <laughs> yeah. but you should also have your extended family around. Hmm. Like it's a good thing to yeah. have a community of people there for your child that aren't just their parents and then aren't just like some random person, right? Um, so I, I, I think that's a great thing. And that's actually why we moved is to be close to his mother-in-law because we wanted to have those relationships for her and we didn't want to have her in a daycare and there's no way I'm ever putting my daughter in a daycare, you know? You don't know what they um, teach in there nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not a good place for them to be. Um, and I mean, so balancing all of that isn't the easiest thing. And I think so. having people to support you is great. Mm. that's an awesome thing and we should be willing to let people help us i think a lot of the time yeah we think we like have this guilt of people saying oh let me help you out with this we're like no 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 no, i can do it by myself yeah. but community matters you know and god didn't put us down here by ourselves right mm. so accepting help from people is something i've had to learn to do but i think it's a great thing um is that you're not on your own in it. You can talk to your spouse about, hey, like I, I might need help yeah. with Amelia when I get home. That's my daughter's name. Um, I might need help with Amelia when I get home so that I have time you know, to do the dishes and to mm. do these other things. And so I think a lot of it is communication, setting a schedule for mm. yourself so you know the time you have and you know what you need to get done. Um, and also just be willing to sacrifice things like sacrifice one hour of sleep so that I can, you know, do this other thing for my family mm. that needs to get done. Um, sacrifice is a big part of being able to balance mom life, work life, university life all at the same time. Wow. Okay. That's so great. Sacrifices, I guess. Lots of sacrifices, I'm sure. I mean, what do they always say? Love is sacrifice, and I'm sure, sure is. Wow. That is... I think this really gives a lot of... Gives, you know, an insight into the reality of how how this really is because i think a lot of young people perhaps they glorify the idea of wow getting married young and uh, just you know their picture perfect idea of how it's going to be like you know reject modernity embrace tradition all of that but they don't keep in mind all of the sacrifices and i think right after this we'll talk about you know exactly more about those struggles and yes more about those struggles that one would face being a young couple 
Um, but before that, I would like to give a shout out to none other than Catholic Connect. Um, so Catholic Connect, I'm not wearing the hoodie today, but Catholic Connect, um, great. Every Catholic has to follow the Instagram page Catholic Connect. In fact, that's how you, that's how you find other Catholic girls or guys on instagram you go to their following list check if they're following catholic connect if they are you've got yourself one so thank you catholic connect has been rather useful in many many cases but that's besides the point i just wanted to give a shout out to catholic connect shop because they have plenty of great great catholic merchandise you can go to their shop and check out all of their catholic merch because hey what better way to evangelize in our terrible literally sometimes satanic world by then by evangelizing through our clothes and i even have a discount code 20 percent off gabriel x charles now back to our usual program <laughs> yes catholic connect is a great page kayla do you follow catholic connect i started following them after the last time so some of their stuff is really cool. I watched you. I think you had one of their shirts on, and I was like, this is dangerous because I like to buy Catholic things in general. Mm. Like, well, I have if a you really do, big problem. If you do, um, discount code. Speaking of Catholic <laughs> things, I just bought a whole bunch of Catholic art. Um, uh, you can't really see it, but you know, a bunch of Catholic art from Beritus Catholic. So great. Anyway, let's get into talking about some of the struggles of being young parents. Now, just before this call, I had to confirm with you something. I actually had to ask Kayla. I told her, Kayla, I have to ask you something before we get, get on this podcast. It wasn't a shotgun marriage or anything, was it? And Kayla was like, nope, nope. And I was like, okay, phew. So we can talk about that. That zone's like all clear. So, and you told me that that's actually a question that you get a lot. So tell me more about that. Like the uh, sort of the judgments, I guess, the impressions and comments that you get from people being a young couple. Yeah. Um, actually, when I like was pregnant with my daughter, mm. I, the, the first question that people would ask me was, is she planned? And That's I'm like, terrible how? question to ask. Yeah. Oh I was like, goodness. how, first of all, does so that matter rude. anyway? I like, it, it seems like to me that nobody, their first words aren't congratulations. Mm. Their first words are like testing the waters to see if I'm happy about it. Before it's terrible. They say it just goes to I show. Agree. I mean, uh, this is going back to the topic of contraception, which is, you know, before this, it was all, it wasn't about being planned or not planned. It's God's plan. But now it's coming to, you know, it's all us. We are playing God, IVF, all of this. Anyway, if I go on, if I go down this road, I'll go on for two hours. So back to your experiences. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't personally like to go to salons, but my mom loves to. And so there was one day we were going to this salon and I think I was getting my eyebrows done or something. And this girl was like, Oh yeah, your so your baby was planned. I was like, yeah. I wanted my child. I knew what I was doing. Um, and That's then... what happens when you have sex? <laughs> no? 
I, uh, most I've never had time. this talk. Do you want to explain that to me? <laughs> no? Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think one of the next things, we were, we were kind of talking back and forth about things. And then later, she actually asked me, she was like, oh, so did you guys, because did you guys get married because of the baby? I was like, no. <sighs> like, I, first of all, I mean, I, I think that would be a really sensitive thing to ask somebody yeah, yeah. who was in that situation. But I think it's sad that that's the automatic assumption. I know. It's almost this, like you can't blame them, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's just a really sad assumption that, you know, this 20-year-old girl is walking around. And to be fair, I, I look pretty young. Yeah. For the, yeah. For the most part, like, I, I don't walk around with makeup on, and so I look even younger. Mm. Um, but More it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, sad to me that, like, nobody – it wasn't congratulations first, you know, and I think that that's – what our perspective should be anytime somebody says, hey, I'm pregnant, it should be, hey, congratulations, not worrying if, oh, did you actually want this kid? So um, did you get married because you're having this kid? I, I think that was a kind of really big shock to me, especially mm -hmm. in Utah, because there are a lot of yeah, girls yeah. who get pregnant really young. Like I know I somebody thought. who was pregnant yeah. at 19. Yeah. Um. I, I, it was just kind of astounding to me that I was like, first of all, that people feel comfortable asking that. <laughs> but second of all, to just know that this wasn't what other people considered normal. Um, this mm -hmm. is what other people would consider yeah. if some An terrible accident happened yeah. in my life. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of got treated. <gasps> yeah. I, and I mean, even by my own parents. So my mother, when I called her, um, to tell her that I was pregnant, actually, she was like, so how are you going to afford a baby? What are you going to do? Like, are you oh. not necessarily that was I sure, but she was like asking me all these questions. Like, do I know what I'm doing? Do I know what birth control is? And I'm like, well, I want a family. Like, I want a big family. And if I want a big family, this is where you start to have a big family, do you know? Mormons, do Mormons do the whole birth control thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That explains. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It, I, and I think, I mean, not to like play victim to it, but I think it's just kind of sad that that's our culture is mm. instead of saying congratulations to people who are pregnant, that they are asked if things are planned. Like even just the other day, I told somebody at work, um, cause I was kind of feeling sick. And so I was like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. Like I'm pregnant. So I kind of get dizzy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, was it planned? What? This is seriously, this is the question that I get asked every single time I tell somebody um, even now that I have a child, like I have a child who's almost a year old and now I'm pregnant again and I still get asked, is this planned? I'm like, where does this come from? And I mean, I know where it comes from, but I just, yeah, I yeah. think it's a really it's sad, sad part of our culture. It's sad. Oh man. So I guess besides that, do you get any other, you know, the whole, was it planned thing? Do you get any other judgments from people usually? What other, I can't think of anything else. So enlighten me. Yeah, so 
this i think i tweeted about it a week or two ago but there was <laughs> one of my bosses and one of my coworkers were actually talking about this coworker's son who mm. had this girlfriend they're 18 years old mm. and my, both of them were going off they were like you should never get married young mm. um they don't know what they're doing and you should ex get to experience life first and so like you should you should go and see places and you should go and do these other things before you get married and i'm sitting there in the corner you know just like working on my stuff they know they know that i got married at 19 and had a child at 20 they know i'm pregnant and i i mean again like i don't care i'm just like sitting tweeting this is hilarious you know like our, that our culture is so far gone that we don't respect motherhood anymore. We, yeah, that we was what we talked about at the beginning. You know? Yeah, um, and especially young motherhood is like, this is not what you should be doing with your life. Um, this is something that you should wait till, at least until later, if you even ever do this. Mm. Um, so I, I've just had so many experiences. Was this planned? having people around me talk about how you shouldn't get married young, like having my aunt tell my cousin mm. in front of me after I, like I had just announced to my cousin that I was pregnant and like 20 minutes later, the conversation turns into why you should never marry young. Um, oh. And so it's, it's really sad to see. Cause I mean, <laughs> what's the difference between me going and I mean using a math degree for something mm -hmm. and me being a mother you know why is one looked mm -hmm. at as this good thing that if mm -hmm. I did in my if I slaved away at university I was up all night working on essays if I was you know working on my PhD if mm -hmm. I had graduated in like six years instead of eight with a PhD mm -hmm. I would be looked at as somebody who is inspirational yeah. um yeah. And I mean, that's the same yeah. kind of slaving away that a lot of feminists mm. will say you're slaving away for your husband because I cook and do the dishes, you know? It's the whole idea of, like, you know, you would rather, you know, slave away for your employer than, you know, who goes home and lets his wife work at home, you know, and his wife doesn't have to work. You know, you're slaving away for your employer so that your employer's wife can... <sighs> So sad. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, this, exactly. This terrible th culture on how they. Gosh, I have a lot of strong feelings on the whole topic of getting married young because I'm very much. Well, I, I have this very strong belief that people were meant to get married young. It, it's obvious for you know just in the biology of it's just in our biology you know and men are at their most what's the word hormonal um aggressive i don't know think of all the words horny yeah at their in their teenage <laughs> years and women are their most fertile in you know their young years and it's you know if people just encourage the idea of well all these things they are god-given these desires that god-given because it's supposed to lead to marriage 
and you know the, if the if that was still the focus all of these <coughs> desires would make sense but because now marriage is no longer on the plate it's not on the table anymore and you know getting married young what and if that's the case and you know the whole idea of the whole idea of sex should be only for marriage becomes so like what because you know if you first no sex before marriage two don't get married young okay then i guess i'm just gonna go do whatever i want and that's exactly what our culture has become hence i have very strong feelings on this and well i'm glad this interview was sort of <laughs> sort of some proof on and some re self-reaffirming i know totally selfish of me but totally self-reaffirming things talking to people who agree with you i know but hey we can all afford to do that once in a while and reinforce our ideas because if they're true there's nothing wrong with it <laughs> so um what here's one more question what is the hardest slash weirdest part about being young parents? So, so aside from all of the silly comments, etc., and you know the sacrifices, I guess what's one thing that people, I guess, wouldn't take, wouldn't expect? I guess. Yeah, um, I think that one thing people wouldn't expect. Mm, one thing, like you know, nothing prepares yeah. you for this. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that you, obviously I have less life experience than somebody who's 30, right? Mm, yeah, of course. So From your perspective, as always. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's, there's a lot of learning to be done um, that maybe people, like, I don't think this is a good argument for getting married later, but mm -hmm. I think it does make it hard that you are juggling a lot of things at the same time. Um, I think it's, you know, it's hard to try to, like, build up savings when you're having yeah. kids or do these other things that society expects you to do, mm. um, which obviously it's still possible. And like I said, it requires sacrifice and yeah. sacrifice is a great thing. But yeah, I think trying to fit into all the different roles that I'm expected to fit into in society is hard when I'm a mom and I just yeah. want to stay at home and be a mom. Mm. You know, like I just want that one role and I have all these other roles that I also have to take care of. Yeah. Well, I guess this is what it means to be countercultural, right? You do the literal hardest thing there is. And I think that's what Christ calls us all to do, in, be it in whatever vocation it is, and marriage obviously being one of them. And I think your, tes your testimony is a perfect example of that you know getting married having kids we we see the instagram posts all the time but sometimes it is nice to see it happening in real life and you know, having first-hand experience and yeah this is i know i say this is great a lot but, but this is really <laughs> great this is so great it's all i can think of when uh, well, we've gone on for pretty lo pretty long now, and I just want to say to sum it up that I like how your perspective is very, I think this is a very realistic sort of 
realistic sort of take on getting married young. I think a lot of young people, although I'm not discouraging, I th- as I just said, I'm very much an advocate for getting married young. But I feel like so many, especially young girls, just glorify and romanticize. I think that's the key word, this idea of getting married young without thinking about all of the all of the things that come with it. So I hope that girls watch this and <laughs> get, what is the, we have to, Kayla, we have to create a version of, you know, red pill, you know, red pill, but for, for this, you know, uh, pick a color. Pick a color. Teal. Teal. Teal peeled. Teal Pilled. Oh, that's a tongue twister. Well, I'm just going to call it Kayla Pilled. I'm sorry. <laughs> From now on in our little community, it's going to be called Kayla Pilled. All right. Well, um, that said, thank you so much, Kayla, for coming on, sharing this. I'm sure that this is very important, very valu- valuable for young girls. I don't think there's a lot of perspective it's a lot of people who can come from your perspective especially from your age i mean you're my age i still find it hard to wrap my head around this as i said it makes me feel kind of unaccomplished in life but it makes me happy nonetheless so thank you so much um where can people find you again yeah so i'm jace lala on twitter which is j-a-c-e-l-a-l-a um, and then Kayla Jace Richardson, that's O-N on Instagram. All right. That's great. So, uh, do the usual outro. I know this is so terrible, but sometimes I get sick of it, but it's an obligation. But hey, to everyone out there, thank you so much for watching. If you, I actually had a whole script written out. I told myself that from now on, I want to just have a script so I don't have to remember I'm just going to read it off. I'm sorry. I feel like people probably think I hate doing this, but I really do. I love this. It's just sometimes <laughs> just trying to be authentic here. Sometimes it does get a bit. <sighs> well, with that said, to everyone out there, thank you for watching. Before you go, remember that it's. What, what was it? <laughs> remember that we as Catholics are called to change the world and not have the world changes. And that said, I do hope that you'll stick around, hit the subscribe button, turn push notifications on so you don't miss a thing. Hit the follow button if you're listening to this as a podcast. Follow me on social media at Gabriel X Charles. And if you'd like to support the channel financially, you can do so via my website, very own crowdfunding platform. Currently have three people on there. Thank you so much for to you guys. Really grateful. And yeah, GabrielXCharles.com. Your support is deeply, deeply appreciated. Once again, thank you so much for watching and I will see you soon.